Live from the back of the queue to the TFC Physio Room, it's the Vocal Minority Podcast. Well, it's another beautiful spring day, except, of course, that it's snowing. That winter schedule is going to be great stuff, folks. Great stuff. However, let's get to today's panel. He has forsaken his altar boy ways to worship the gods of punnery and malarkey, but still gets bogged down by Irish Catholic guilt when he eats too many Easter eggs. It's managing editor and chief writer of the Yorkies, Tony Walsh. Blessed be all. <laughs> he, too, has renounced the many years of religious education for a life of graphic manipulation. Who else is going to Photoshop all those bunny memes? The man who prefers his chocolate bunnies to be solid. It's the design guru and match reporter of the Yorkies, Mark Hinckley. In order padre to please the amen. His hard candy coating belies a sweet interior. Don't be fooled by the grumpy persona. He's really just a cuddly bunny. Managing editor and writer for Waking the Red, it's Duncan Fletcher. Hello! I went to just a basic Church of England school. I don't know religious stuff. Well, I am full of whimsy, my Easters were all about the chase, the chase for those sweet, sweet peeps. However, I've seen the error of my ways and am now part of the peep underground, working to get them to safety. I am one of the writers of words for Waking the Red and your host, Kristen Knowles. So apparently we believed the hype too much and in true TFC fashion gave up one of our few at-home records by letting those blasted rapids beat us. So it's time to climb up on our crosses and take a long, hard look at the sins of our Reds. What went wrong? Well, a whole bunch of things, really. Um, again, the simple answer would be depth and tactics. It's your answer I'd, every week. It is, really. Depth um, I'll just tactics, stick to, to depth right now. And, uh, yeah, Michael Bradley. Um, I think we miss him, really, don't we? It just wasn't really the sort of impetus and the drive that he brings to the midfield, just the quick thinking to actually be able to catch a team unorganised and that sort of thing. We just looked slow and pedestrian, and it was very 2013. It's... Go down the middle, there's nothing there. Let's throw it out to the wings, throw a cross in and see what happens. And... and the answer is, nothing was happening. Yes. Because we have not found a way to score goals, really. Gilberto's still not uh, able to lead the line by himself without a suitable second striker by the looks of it. He's industrious, but plays more of a kind of a false nine in an attacking midfield role rather than when Defoe is out, we need someone up there who's going to be the guy and... So far, not so much. What can you say? With that many injuries, it was going to be hard, but still, looking at Colorado, probably think they should have done better. I mean, yes, Colorado's goal was as about as silly as it gets, but even when you're decimated by injuries, these are the kind of matches at home you have to get some kind of result from. Well, that's the thing. Like, there's... Yes, we had ridiculous number of injuries. Bradley being the big one. I, what did I put here? Is TFC just a hollow Easter bunny? No Bradley in the middle? Um... Because without him, without his creativity, it's not even his defensive capabilities, it's the creative side. There is nothing, there's nothing going forward. There's nothing to, you know, Noah Sorio, who is occasionally, you know, he's working to be, he's learning from Bradley and working to be more creative. But Becker is, as well as he did, see, I said something next about Kyle Becker. Uh, he was okay. As well as he did, I didn't say he was great. There is no creativity and with, there's no one to start a play from the back. There's nothing going on. It just stalls. Yeah, I, I would say that Becker, though he did an admirable job of anchoring the, the midfield, uh, his definite fear of moving forward with the ball was a cause for concern, especially <laughs> around the last minute of the first half, where he strung five consecutive back passes. What was your siren call throughout the match whenever that happened? For goodness! Can go forward? Yeah, it was after the third one, I... Because when you see yeah, it once... There's more than concern when, about it. Yeah, yes, when you, when you, see, you, you passed to rage. When you, oh, oh I, was, I was full on rage. I, rage. Get, I understand if you're under pressure or there's somebody bearing down you, just terrorizing you in general, and you just start getting rid of the ball because you know that the, or you believe this guy is going to come and get the ball from you. But he was doing this not under any pressure whatsoever. Maybe he's still trying to get his feet. I'm giving him passes because... He did still do a decent job. His free kicks and his corners were pretty good for a guy who doesn't get to play many of these competitive matches. But uh, that lack of that lack of adventure through the center of the pitch, through the center circle, 
was the biggest cause of concern for me because if they did that, that probably would have driven more opportunity to goal. Yeah, I think as well you've got to say a lot of it is down to what Colorado did and I think this is basically the first time we've seen a team do basically what TFC has been doing and just kind of sit back and clog up the middle bit and say, yeah, all right, come at us. And you know, we had a decent bit of possession. Was, you know, we got very, very, very close to 50%. We, we almost won possession. Um, but yeah, there was nothing going on. And uh, you know, that was my fear. I mean, we hadn't really seen any of that in the previous few games. We hadn't really had to see it much because a lot of teams were attacking going at us. But it was always going to happen. At some point, a team's going to sit back and basically dare us to go at them and beat them rather than just give us counterattacks. And we were not good enough to do it. So that kind of raises an alarming point then. Throw in a few of the injured, say they were healthy. Do mm. we beat them anyway? Can, can they, even with Michael Bradley, say even Defoe, if he ever comes back. Um, <laughs> wow, <laughs> <Already>? well then. <laughs> Dude, would that team, would they have broken them down? I'm not so sure. I think they would have. Yeah, I mean, Bradley does make that big of a yeah. difference. Like, the speed of his thought. Um, okay, say, say Bradley alone... Bradley alone, no main striking threat, no difference up front, or does it just keep reaching that final third and start bouncing about? I think so, because after about half an hour into the match, you realize they're not going to play through the middle, so the defenders just have to, they, half their job has been solved because TFC's quit. You put a guy who's putting the balls right through the middle of pitch, now they have to work, and that just causes chaos amongst your back four. I would also go as far as saying, if we had Osorio, never mind Bradley, if we had Osorio, that would have changed the, the, the face of the game. I agree with Mark about uh, the inclusion of Osorio, but also, again, we, we do come back to Bradley all the time, but right now this team sort of lives and dies on his presence on the field for a number of reasons. He says quickness of thought, his ability to play make, but also his defensive capabilities. There would have been, I think, that goal that was scored, less of an opportunity for that to have happened if he'd been there sort of being the front of the defense, bolstering that, stopping them again from coming through that middle, I think it would have made all the difference in the world. So, so they built a one-man team around a guy that they didn't really expect to get. Exactly. How the <laughs> hell did that happen? <clears throat> That's an interesting way of putting it. I guess yeah. Presumably, they thought they were going to have Labber instead. And, you know, that's not as good, but it's still Bradley light, good. but yeah. Very light. Hmm? I don't know. I don't think it, I don't think it was so much that they they were built a, a player on a team where they they it was kind of an accident. I don't think they realized how much how much of a crutch he was going to be to the team. He does so much of the heavy lifting that it's easy to just go. Well, you know, maybe I don't have to do crazy runs all the time because he's going to find me no matter what. When he, when his pass when his balls are going through, let me rephrase that. As his passes are being made, look out for those balls. Yeah. When his balls go across your chin. <laughs> so sort of to that again, back to Bradley, but talking about other players that were missing, whether it was if we had Osorio, Henry, and Ray, would that have been enough of a, not necessarily to make up, you don't take three players and make up one Bradley, but you have more confidence in the back line. You've got Caldwell and Henry back together, which has been... A pretty decent, you know, middle pairing. Uh, Sorio has certainly, when he's been healthy, shown some really good things. And Ray has been growing on most of us. Uh, not to knock Issy or anything, but although, damn, did he get knocked around in that game. <laughs> I was like, every time I look down there, oh, he's down again. As a weeble. Um, but would that have made the difference? Because we can't, you know, Bradley's going to be gone. He's going to be gone. Mm -hmm. It's all hypotheticals. I mean, I, I feel... And surprise, surprise, I feel you're being a bit unfair to Bradley Orr. I think these last couple of games has stepped in and you know, he's done yeah, fine. Yeah, what the hell? I, I didn't say anything about Bradley It was implied. I'm pretty sure it was implied. Oh, if Henry was here, would it make a difference? It was implied. I think, I think you said, in a sense, or Bradley. Mm. Yeah. So. Shut it. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, it's all very much hypothetical. You know, would two people be enough? Would three? Would four? Would we need a full team? Um, <laughs> to make up for one. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it, I mean, it, obviously injuries do hurt us. Really, you know, it, It's a bit, you know, it's a bit unfair to be sort of bitching and moaning that, well, we couldn't break down a team like this when you know, we do have so many players out. Yeah, it's tough to remember that, but we probably should. 
I think it's the absence of the ones that we've recognized as being the creative. Hmm. That, and it's pretty much all of them. I don't know if anybody who was st- who played in the game on Saturday would be defined as one of the creative ones. I mean, we haven't seen enough of Gilberto. Gilberto. Uh, I mean, he's, he, 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 he needs the service to get it done, but he's, I'm still haven't ready to say yay or nay on him. I think he's got the goods. i just not convinced one way or the other. Dero, that's part of my gross optimism pile. But <laughs> the other nine, the other eight, can't really count uh, Julio Cesar. But for the rest of the outfield players, they're good, hard workers. They will go out and run their ass off. But none of those guys have the ability to change the game with you know a fancy step over and a quick left. They need any one of those guys, at least the midfielders and forwards that are injured. If any one of them were on the pitch, I think the difference would have been night and day. All right. Well, having said um, all of that, is there a man of the match? We're going to have one every week. So who's your, who's your best of the worst? Let's Mark say. Bloom for being industrious? Yeah. I mean, I, but I'm... It's I'm a tallest midget well. award. He... Yeah. You know, again, looked okay in defense, did a, a few nice things up front, and he got into the MLS Team of the Week thing as well. And you know, he's not perfect by any means, but again, he just, you know, every, uh, every match is there's one or two good things, like crosses he'll put in, whatever it might be. It's I like Mark Bloom. He's a father to be. Yeah. Oh, and it was his wife's birthday. Oh, really? Happy birthday, Emily. Happy birthday, Mrs. Bloom. Mrs. Bloom. Happy birthday, Mrs. Mrs. Bloom. He is at a loss. <laughs> Marcus? Oh, I'm going to go with Bradley. Got to keep a streak alive. <laughs> um, it, my, it's from, a fair from, point. from the luxury box, he was willing that to That box salute. was pretty luxurious. He, he, he kept Paul Stalteri at bay. Oh, he held, him, he held him off. Yeah. Jackson for what little Jackson did. Jackson was a terror. Jackson showed the defense. He's not to be messed with. He showed the midfield not to be messed with. Jackson's a real deal. Jackson. Excellent. Uh, yeah, I, I went uh, with Mark Bloom as well, as seconded by... Oh. Jackson! Jackson! But for both of those reasons, I think... Again, I, I growing to like Mark Bloom more and more after, you know, giving him some crap last season, but I thought it was well-deserved. But he's proven me wrong most of the time so far this season, and... Jackson! Jackson has managed not to get thrown out of any games or get any cards for the last little while, so huzzah! Well done. Uh, go to the match. All of them? Yeah, I think that's harsh. Um, yeah, a lot of them were mediocre. I know with Jeremy Hall. I Who isn't know. going yeah, with no, Jeremy I, I, Hall? I, that's what I said. Does Jeremy Hall win by acclamation? Mm. He only had one bad moment, like truly what? howler moment early in the match, and nobody else really came close to trying to beat that one howler moment. Having to pick somebody to throw under the bus, he wasn't overly terrible, but that was just such a bad moment. Sorry, Jeremy Hall, uh, you wear those horns this week. And probably every week, every time you get to step on the pitch. Aww. I know. He's, he's my new Bradley Orr. Uh. Oh, well then. <laughs> and now, a reading from the letter of Nelson to the physios. Our saviour, Jason Christ, of kind heart, and vast wisdom guided us with these words. Take great care of the strings of ham, for it is those hands which is our lifeblood. For it is those hands that allow us to traverse any terrain. May it be man-made, or from God himself. For it is those hands who will carry over the threshold unto victory. Do not take for granted these hamstrings, for when they let us down, they are gone forever, or two to three weeks. Praise to you, Lord Jason Christ. Well, MLS hasn't yet responded with any of the cold hard cash that we requested last week, we'll continue to mention those other teams in hopes at the very least we'll get some candies out of this deal. Hey, there's no other reason for Easter, right? Here's Duncan with MLS wins and losses. Duncan? Thank you, Tony. Uh, we'll start today, you know, it's happy times, Easter and all that, it's all good uh, fun. 
We'll start with winners, and uh, we're starting off with everyone in the uh, involved in the Jack McInerney Andrew Wenger trade. Yay! Uh, indeed, Yay. Wenger uh, scored for Philadelphia in their two-two game against Real Salt Lake, uh, who are now the only remaining unbeaten side in MLS. Boo. And uh, meanwhile, Jack McInerney uh, scored for Montreal. All three of them did uh, in a one-one tie with Chicago. Um, anyway, uh, Montreal, Chicago, they're tied. Both teams uh, are still winless, which uh, brings up a couple of fun facts. Chicago have now had uh, five ties in a row, which is uh, apparently just one short of an MLS record. And also, there are now still five winless teams after six rounds, which has never happened before in MLS. So, oh, it's a groundbreaking it's, year, folks. It really is. Crotch chop to parody. Uh, yes. In those uh, two games I mentioned, some of the other scorers, uh, Maurice Edu scored, uh, there's uh, Quincy Amadaqua, and uh, of course we all know Edson Buddle uh, got, on the, got on the score sheet. So it's um, another XTFC. Just, mm-hmm. Aren't they all? But um, another. Not, I shouldn't say another, because I'm going in a different direction. Don't they? Mm. No. Good catch. That's a good plan. That's a good catch. Yes. But an XTFC loser. Uh, this week was uh, Stefan Fry, who had in a, a very embarrassing goal. Oh. Just uh, a simple sort of bouncing ball after a uh, deflection. He came out to the top of his box to get it, and uh, you know he bounced. The spin just took it in a crazy uh, direction. It went right over his head and bounced over him. And David uh, Teixeira of Dallas headed home uh, you know, very gratefully into an empty net. It was all uh, very amusing. But uh, thankfully, a TFC player stepped up and saved the day as... Uh, Seattle losing 2-1 after 72 minutes. They introduce Chad Barrett, and he inspires the comeback, and they, uh, they win 3-2. Yeah, he got an assist on the winning goal. Mr. Chad. Yeah. Uh, the real winner there, of course, is uh, sort of Clint Dempsey. Um, after his suspension, has now got five goals in two games, and actually Ew. seems to be good, which is very uh, annoying. Doesn't that mean he's got five goals since he joined the bloody league? Um, well, he, he got one before his suspension oh, against okay. Toronto. Sorry. Six. And six. Maybe one last year. I don't oh. know. But yeah. Seems but like a lot. Seems like a while. It, it's a valid point, though. I mean, he was shit for a long time, but uh, he, he seems to be okay now. So uh, yeah. it. it's uh, Mark, you know, just that little tap to Mark Bloom's lucky charms. That's all he needed. <laughs> They're magically delicious. Yes. I like the clovers. <laughs> uh, moving on, uh, a winner is Kevin Alston who uh, scored for New England. This was uh, his first goal. It's had a, a six-year uh, career of 120 games in MLS. This was his first goal and uh, came after he missed a bunch of time last season with leukemia. So wow. he was very wow. happy. And hey, good job, buddy. Oh, exactly. That's a feel-good story right there. He was very happy. And, you know, his teammates were all hugging him. Like, you know, everyone kind of gathered in the corner there. It was all very emotional. Sort of Paul Mariner in the commentary box was very happy for him. It was... Uh, was a very nice moment in MLS. And the final winner to kind of counter that in a way, uh, there's a magnificent piece of villainy from Giancarlo Gonzalez of uh, Columbus. Uh, First, he kind of threw an elbow slash forearm at Chris Wondolowski, like knocked Wondolowski down, no problem. This is right in front of the ref who did nothing. Uh, Wondolowski, after taking a pretty heavy shot to the head, just jumped back up and was remonstrating with the ref. And you know, he's just incidentally to make contact with Gonzalez, who you know, after about a second worth of hesitation, just went down as if he'd been shot, just holding his chest, rolling around. Um, it was Concacaf-tastic from the Costa Rican. Okay, so to find out he was Costa Rican, I had to check Wikipedia, and I noticed that uh, there was. You know, it sadly has been edited out now, but there was a description of that very incident, which ended with the sentence, Gonzalez will hopefully receive a fine and a suspension, because he's a... Sanchez... Stirring... Crunch. For goodness! There's a, a fact that was referenced uh, with a link to a gif of the incident entitled, Giancarlo Gonzalez flops like a massive vagina. Uh, so he's clearly oh upset somebody, probably a San Jose fan. <laughs> oh my god, I love Wikipedia. <laughs> Press releases from MLS headquarters have changed. Oh they really have. Um, oh my, do we have any room in the budget to donate to Wikipedia? Because that's phenomenal. <laughs> uh, yeah, so he's clearly upset somebody, but uh, as a fan of Panto villains in sport, I wholeheartedly uh, welcome Gonzalez to MLS. And, um, and I wholeheartedly support Luke Wildman saying he flopped like a giant vagina <laughs> during any match. 
Oh, that would be good. <laughs> that would be good, yes. <laughs> and uh, to wrap up what's happening in MLS, a uh, very sincere and genuine good luck to Don Garber in uh, his fight against prostate cancer, which he just got diagnosed with. So, uh, on that uh, morose note, back to you, Tony. Thanks, Duncan. All right, so looking at the salary list for mm. our beloved Reds, or not so beloved, depending on the minute, what sticks out for you? Anyone getting paid way too much? Not enough? Is everyone just right? I would say none of you. I don't think there's anything that's like outrageously bad like we've seen in the past. There's you know, no one that I could see is crazy. But is it just right? Yeah, you know, there's a few in there that mm, don't seem quite right, but you know, it's, it's better than it was. Do you care to provide us with examples? No, he would not. Stop pressing him. <laughs> I will force him um, to talk. Well, and you've got to look at like some of the raises that people have got. It's like Bendik. Yeah. You've had yeah. one decent year and you're now at... One uh, decent year at the league minimum. Sure, but... So, I say he's worth it. It's a salary cap no. world. You you can't be compensating for things that have happened in the past where there's, oh yeah, you were really good so we'll give you a bit much or you're underpaid so we'll give you much more. It's all about value this year. He's not making... And 147 is not really great value, I don't think. For Look at Clint Irwin. What's he co- making? 147. When? Care to change your opinion? When? Did I read this and I swear to God it wasn't even that high. No, no, it you... went up since you read it. Yeah, Clearly. Yeah. Oh my God, I was looking at the bloom line, I think. Huh? <laughs> no wonder you thought you were Lord! <laughs> That's a lot of dosh! Okay, to be fair though, he was probably signed to the contract long before they got the loan of... of oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like, yeah. But I mean, but even as a starter, it's a bit much. I mean, he's only had one year. He's not really fully proven and... It wasn't a great year. Clint Irwin was really good. He got a raise to like 87, which ideal. We were given Fry at least, what, wasn't it 200? Uh, I think it was about 200, yeah. Yeah, so for a guy who was sitting on the bench doing nothing, 147 is a steal for, for, for one season's worth of work. I'm all for him getting a raise, but um, triple salary seems to be a bit much. I would I would say that uh, as far as overpaid, everybody's favorite goat Seems to be making uh, a fraction more than I think it should be, and I believe that fraction is one half. Uh, $158,000 for, uh, for, for Jeremy Hall seems to be uh, highway robbery. That being said... <laughs> oh, this is the only league where we'd say that. Yeah. $115,000! Highway robbery. <laughs> How dare they? That being said, I also believe that uh, Orr is a clever bit of business at what he's getting. Oh, that's right a steal now. for him. So, I mean, that's, 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 the, that's, a, that's the steal. That's a chunky loan. Like yeah. Cesar and Caldwell the year before. Exactly. Who knows exactly what he's been paying and mm. how much exactly we're paying. But yeah, for what it's listed at, if that's the exact figure, that's, yeah, that's, that's not a bad deal. I still reel a little bit when I see Alvaro raise 204k. I know mm-hmm. he probably had to be equalized from what he was making in Spain, where his salary would have been higher to get him over here, but it still seems a little chunky to me. On the other side, mm-hmm. everybody's favorite poor man, Mark Bloom. Hey. He's going to be a father. Give him some money. He's got he's got to buy diapers to go with that mini uh, TFC shirt that they gave him. He's still league minimum. <laughs> well, those, aren't, yeah. those aren't cheap, no. especially in red. Mm. Adorableness costs. Come on. People. And one, even though okay, this is a an odd one because he's not probably not, probably not going to see him much this year. I was surprised that uh, B right DK at sixty three k seems fairly low for a guy who's yeah, been in the league yeah. for a few yeah. years. That's a good deal for sure. Wonder if that has to do with the lack of playing time due to the many many injuries. Many injuries, yeah. Um, well, and Mark Bloom, just to circle back to him very quickly. I and I sorry I thought I actually wrote down his quote and I did not just uh, in his interview the other day speaking about the disparities in in the wages was it paradigm buddy it was he was suggesting everyone was underpaid yes mm. a little bit he did go with we are underpaid not just yes. I you know which is nice of him solidarity was yeah. Jermaine Defoe giggling <laughs> on the floor in the background <laughs> uh, here's a hundred dollar bill to wipe your tears with Mark. <laughs> The one that and I, I that stuck out for me, sort of just as, as odd, and people have given me the reasons why, is, is Jordan Hamilton. Mm. Yes. It's a lot of money for someone who's played two minutes and is not going to be a starter and is making more than a, a number of not just the first, you know, the, the, the 18, but the starting 11. Uh, and I understand a lot of interest in him, and he's got... He makes more than we have been. 
Exactly. That's on my list of, really, right. he makes Well, don't say that like it's a bad thing. It's staggering. It is, it is a bad thing. That one just surprised me, and I get the upside for Jordan Hamilton. Sure, there may have been some interest for him from overseas, whatever the reason is. It was just sort of like a, hmm, well, you have a very good agent, young man, and I hope you're buying everybody dinner all the time whenever they take you out. I don't know. It just, uh, <laughs> it just struck me. That one struck me as odd. He gets to be the inspiration for all the little kids at the academy. You know, they can look up, hey, you can be just like Jordan and go instantly to seventy or 80,000 rather than be have to do what like Daniel and Ashton did and get, start off at 40. Exactly. Do a big raise next year, I bet. Um, I feel like, he, did he get a bit, bit of a raise this year? Or a little a, bit, but not that yeah, much. Cause he's, he's still a bargain right now, I'd say. Yes, he's on my burning list. Sure. So are we happy with how the Tims spent their money then? I think Bezbachenko uh, maybe, to judge his juggling of a salary cap, maybe he needs another full year. He still has a few contracts that aren't his. And still uh, some holes mm-hmm. to fill. Yeah. So maybe in a year or some we'll see how much of a capologist genius he might be. But uh, compared to what we've had, you know, there's no Martin Sarich's eating up 175k, you know... Yusinov's and Hishkanovich is nearing 200k, so... Eckersley and O'Day yeah. and all those, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it's it's a hell of a lot healthier than we've had in the past. Maybe in a year's time we know how much genius he is, or if, or if it just took a guy with half a regular-sized brain to uh, fix the mess that we've been in since 2007. Um, I will give him complete and total props for this, because where this team was and where it is now, talent-wise, is night and day. The golf is pretty, pretty wide. And the fact that he managed to navigate dumping contracts, trading guys, and still filling out a fairly turned-over roster is pretty respectable for one offseason. Granted, you're right, give him another full season and this will be as perfect or complete for that moment. He's done a masterstroke with, with what he's got. Uh, Cesar, like he's listed at 200000 It's the beauty of loans. I mean, holy crap, 200000 for a world-class keeper, loan or not. That's an amazing low hit for a guy who's going to probably get a, a medal. In which case, I think you know, we maybe need to extend this whole thing to not just, hey, the Tims did well, but you know, it's, it's about Nelly and the Tims. So clearly there's a little bit of a wage disparity, and some of the poor lads on the Reds really don't make that much cash. So, what are they doing to make their ends meet? Duncan. Mark Bloom, uh, we mentioned it uh, earlier in the Clint Dempsey thing, he is basically going to be renting out his lucky charms. Uh, one week's salary, you can take a tap. Uh, next team up is uh, New England. Teal Bunbury still hasn't scored. Teal, step up. <laughs> Give him a smack. You'll be <laughs> fine. Gilberto. <laughs> Teammates don't get a freebie? No. 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 Not even a Nobody cut. Nobody rides for yes. free. Dero, you're looking rough these days. Go on, take a tap. Oh, that's next month's rent. Thank you. Red moons, orange stars, green clovers, and teal bunburies. Teal. Alright. Um, I got two ideas. I had two two very, very creative ideas. One would be sell their bodies for allocation money. Uh, <laughs> I mean, they just throw that shit around apparently and uh, But just for Andrew Wiedemann or Well, he's probably the one who's gonna get paid the most, so his uh, his compensation sheet's gonna go up a bit because he's gonna have to claim it. Also, scalp the foes Raptor playoff tickets because that's going to be a thing this year, folks. Mm, not bad. Mm. Yeah. Gonna make, some, make some bank off of that. Defoe's the only one getting them, you think? They don't think they're going to give Raptors playoff tickets to everyone? Well, okay. He's going to get courtside and and Wiedemann's going to get like a, a green. The sprite so, zone. Yeah, he's going to be in the... So just do a quick switcheroo then uh, scalp them off. Oh, yeah. Then, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey, he wants to sit next to Drake. $10,000 sit next to Drake. Who wants to sit next to a wag? One of his wags? That's hey. worth a couple bucks anyway. Okay. I uh, also thought I'd help Mark Bloom out. Being uh, the city has uh, opened up food trucks, I thought he could have a food truck. The Bloom Onion. All onion foods. Nice. <laughs> For no reason. <laughs> Just because it went with his name. Mm. Also thought uh, Be Right DK could probably be Jermaine Defoe's uh, Lady Wrangler. That's a burly lad. Just and, reach out. Yeah, just you know. Oh, yeah. Like a, sh- like right a sheepdog. Like, right. like a shepherd, you know, just keeping them in the right pen, keeping them ready. <laughs> oh, see, I was thinking more like Music Machine Claw that just comes That's kind of what I was sure. thinking, actually. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, the, the possibilities are endless. Jermaine, this one, 
No, put it back. <laughs> All right, so I, I stayed a little closer to uh, to BMO Field actually for for my thoughts for the lads. Uh, and again, I was thinking of poor Mark Bloom most of the time. <laughs> poor Mark Bloom. Oh, Mark <laughs> poor Bloom. Mark. TFC's hobo. <laughs> Where is his dignity? <laughs> but I thought that after the game, before they take off, uh, he could uh, be patrolling the King Club, gathering up all the empties, and taking them to the beer store. Mm. Mm. Come on. Deposit money, baby. That is like... That's, that's exactly. And it's green. And so. it's green. So, oh no, Mark Bloom is a friend of the environment. Mm. Uh, that's, a, that's a fact. Yes. I could see him in the, in the Go Train tunnel with a big <laughs> shopping cart. <laughs> <laughs> Pushing it up the stairs. <laughs> they have elevators. He'll be fine. Oh no, they shut those down. And oh, then, true. because kids these days apparently get like serious money for their allowances. I don't know what the hell. I didn't only a dollar a week when I was a kid. Back in my day. They're going to sell oranges to the Timbits kids at the halftime. Nice. Buck and orange. Nice. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And healthy. This week's going to be decided. <laughs> hey, everybody! <laughs> it's Bitchy Blakes! <laughs> as we're calling them this week in spirit of the season, the holiday, whatever the hell it is. Because Jesus blanks didn't sound good. <laughs> I don't know. Jesus he blanks. Jesus he blanks. Amen. Jesus he blanks. Last week's bitchy blank uh, was Michael Bradley got flipped off by the crew fans, not because he scored, but because he blank. I said because... The Columbus fans wanted to see what it felt like to swear at a white dude for the first time. <laughs> Fantastic. Oh white xenophobia. Oh my god, I should have gone first. Columbus fans slipped off Bradley because he said to them, Canada's really nice. Sorry about the poverty line being well above you. Because they're poor. In Columbus. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Socioeconomic jokes. Uh, yeah. Michael Bradley got flipped off by the crew fans, not because he scored, but after he scored in his celebration, he said, yeah, you see that? Right between the legs, just like I did with Jack Nicholas." Ha! <laughs> <laughs> Columbus humor! <laughs> Suck it, Poffo family! <laughs> Jack Nicholas is a beloved figure. <laughs> he has a freeway. Randy Savage, Columbus native, does not. But he has an airport. He's got an airport. <laughs> I said that Michael Bradley got flipped off by the crew fans not because he scored, but because he told them that America wasn't discovered by Columbus. In fact, it was a mistake, and the world has regretted it ever since. America was spooching, motherfucker. Right. Jacob Peterson has just heard this, and he's on his way to kick your ass. He's going to come back into Canada yep. to kick just your to ass, kick my ass. He is yeah. dri- bro. He is driving to Randy Savage International <laughs> Airport right now. <laughs> this podcast is on American. <laughs> God, I hope so. For those of you playing the Bunny Blanks game along at home, this week's entry is Mark Bloom is so poor to get extra money he blanks. It already sounds dirty. <laughs> oh. It's supposed to. He blanks. <laughs> I don't. I. I. I disagree. Uh, he's got a more innocent. No, he's Mark Bloom. No, he's got a kid coming. Clearly, he doesn't blank. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, guys. Pregnancy jokes. Yes. Sperm. If you'd like to leave a comment, please feel free to do so at vocalminoritypodcast.blogspot.ca or find us on Twitter at vocalbocl.minoritypod. Thank you. Happy tweeting. Blank and be blank. And now... A reading from the letter of Nelson to the officials. Do not be afraid if your vision is not clear. Do not shroud thyself in doubt when others protest. Follow your heart to preserve the peace of the game. And if you must cast judgment, do so without remorse. For it is that judgment which maintains the integrity of the game. And do not fear to cast a yellow card, nor a red card. For Jason Christ was booked for his sins, and in three games he rose from the bench to save us all 
from missing the postseason and scoring a brace. The kingdom of everlasting life is ours, which gave us safe passage into the third round of the MLS Cup. Praise to you, Lord Jason Christ. Well, it's time for us to hop on down the bunny trail and look ahead to what will surely be our sternest test so far this season. With the prophetic preview, it's time to once again turn things over to Duncan. Duncan? Thanks, Tony. And uh, yes, it is once again FC Dallas. Mark Hinckley's favorite MLS club. Why do you have to keep bringing it up? Mm. Uh, For the fourth straight week, we have a a team with a fresh new coach smell. Uh, This time it's Oscar Pareja. (laughs) (sighs) Smell the Pareja. (laughs) Formerly of Colorado, who you uh, just buggered off uh, down to Dallas um, at the start of the season. And he's got him off to a great start. Uh, Only 13 points through their first six games. Top of the league, although they did lose for the first time. Uh, this last week to Seattle, uh, as well as being top of the league, their 15 goals is most in the league so far. But uh, they've also conceded nine, uh, seven of which in four home games. So there's potential for a lot of goals here. TFC can score first and do the whole solid defense counterattack uh, approach. This could work very well. Uh, if Dallas score first and TFC have to open up and chase the game, it could get ugly. They're doing very well, but there's definitely a bit of luck to it so far. There's uh, an article. Dwayne Rollins put out last week, there's a couple of different stats that he used, basically looking at like shots and shot percentage, and Dallas really stands out as a team that is due a correction. They are just doing a lot better than the stats say they should be, and if you look at the last few games, it really does play out, because they've got very lucky. There's the, the fluky goal like over Stephen Fry's head this week. The week before that, they got a debatable red card uh, against Houston, as well as a, an own goal, and Houston missed a penalty, they got a penalty. You know, they've just been very lucky. 10 of their 15 goals so far have been from set pieces, penalties and all that sort of thing. So, yeah, they're, they're definitely due to, to come back to earth. And it's kind of weird, same thing that happened last year. They got to 27 points in their first 13 games, and then 17 in their last 21. So they were kind of weird. As far as their team goes, the biggest off-season acquisition was uh, David Teixeira, who's uh, a young designated player. Uruguayan uh, is a striker. Uh, they got him and sort of Blas Perez, kind of the two of them alternating a bit uh, up front. Though Teixeira has been up there the last two games. They go with a 4-2-3-1, so behind him, it's mainly Mauro Diaz, another young DP. He's Argentinian and he's been playing fantastically. Uh, then there's, uh, Fabian Castillo is uh, out on the left, Javon Watson on the right. At the back, you got Matt Hedges and Stephen Keel. And if Stephen Keel's nickname is not even, then there is... There is I, no God! I don't know what to say about no. people in Dallas. Are we talking about Stephen Even Keel or even Stephen Keel? Both! It, it's just so obvious. It, 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 it writes itself, but like, I just exactly. need clarification. I don't know. The other. Yeah, would it be even Stephen Keel or Do Stephen Even Keel? We should have a poll about this. Mm. Good point. Um, but yeah, the, the two of them are the uh, the big guys uh, in the backs. I mean, if we're doing the whole go wide and throw crosses in again, then Matt Hedges in particular is just going to uh, eat that up. So uh, I would say let's not do that. And uh, that's pretty much it, really, as far as uh, Mark Hinckley's FC Dallas go. What? And that whole last bit about the crosses, is that because we don't want the ball to get caught in the hedges? Hey, <laughs> That's right. I, I, would, I would say just in general, it's Easter weekend. Stay away from crosses. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one to grow on. <laughs> Why did I not see that at all coming? Yeah. Oh, if we terrible. focus too much on crosses, we'll just get nailed. <laughs> oh, let's revisit this in three days. So, Back to you, Tony. Thanks, Duncan. All right. So now that we know what we're up against, uh, TFC still is actually up against it with injuries, with seemingly pretty much all the same guys from last week out, including now officially D-Row won't be playing. Mm -hmm. So that puts us down yet another... Tough, man. Oh! (laughs) I was going to say remotely creative... old man. Yes, that is better. (laughs) We're down 45 minutes of an okay player. Yes. That's so mean. What did Dero do to you? <laughs> he can't play for 90 minutes. That's what he did to me. <coughs> I don't like him. Deal with it. Uh, 
So, but this is going to be a big issue for this game. I, I think that regardless of what Nelson's been saying in interviews, that they're, they haven't decided about Bradley and they haven't decided about this player. I don't see any way these guys are playing in Dallas. I, I know we talked about this last week and said, well, if they're even remotely fit, they should play. They're not playing. There's a bye week coming. They're going to sit them. At least that's what I think. And I don't disagree. It's early in the season. Um, let the kids pick up, you know, some sort of slack from last week and uh, show that the game in Columbus, again, wasn't a mistake and that they can play without, Brad, uh, without Bradley or that they can play without Michael Bradley. Because clearly they can play Someone's without Someone's got her on the brain. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, plus with the weather being... Sanchez. Again, they've been training on artificial surface and that's, you know, allegedly one of the issues. I don't know. I don't see... I don't see them even attempting to get any of these guys to play. And I'm not sure what the result's going to be. Science. Good analysis. I tend to agree with you for the most part. But something in my head is saying there's going to be some point where Ryan Nelson looks at this team, and this is a selfish thing from, from his point of view, but every manager would do it. If they lose this one coming up, 500 team doesn't look so sexy anymore. There's a point where he's going to start thinking... Lose too many more of these before World Cup break, and I'm not looking so hot. And maybe he starts pushing players, get that lineup, you know, try to get it clicking before maybe it's even ready health-wise. Because he's got to think of his own job, too. If, if they keep dropping matches, like, they can't afford to drop too many more like last week at home to a Colorado. A lot of people would forgive them against uh, Dallas this weekend with uh, a bunch of injuries, but... I, maybe, maybe I'm wrong, but perhaps there's a point where he starts, you know, pushing a lineup that maybe isn't at 100% health because losses start adding up. I don't necessarily disagree with that, but I think you have to look at the schedule for May and exactly how many games they're playing. Like they've got Warriors Cup plus MLS games. They're they're playing six games in May. So there's a lot of there's a lot of minutes there, and there's a lot of you know Wednesday to Saturday, Wednesday to Saturday, two weeks in a row. So there's not a lot of rest. I still say he sits them and doesn't worry about this one game. I'm saying after May, if that's still happening, I don't disagree with you. But right now, I don't see it as as much a deal as you do. Yeah, I mean, I I would probably agree that he is going to rest some players, but I think on an individual basis, you know, no one will blame TFC for losing to Dallas, but 10 games in, 15 games in, whatever it is, people are going to be looking at the record and not saying, oh, well, that was an okay loss. That was an okay loss. That defeat was understandable. It's just going to be a straight up, oh, we've lost like seven or eight games here. What's going on? So uh, Tony does make a valid point. It's true. See, I, I kind of feel that they're... <laughs> <laughs> you agree with my agreeing. <laughs> Hooray. Shocking. Mm. I concur with your agreeings of his agreeings, but I disagree with Excellent. you. Excellent. Um, but you must agree I made a fantastic point. Uh, uh, on the fence. Nice try. On the fence. I tend to think that history is kind of going to be kind to him, at least in the short term. I would say, I would go as far as saying it's forgivable for him to drop points until some of the excitable talent are battle ready to continue playing. I fully expect all of them to be rested. I say let the B-side get their games in. More in-game experience certainly can't hurt the the, the Beckers, Hamiltons, and Haglins of the side. Uh, practice will only prepare you for so much. And really, there's not going to be that many opportunities, assuming everybody is fit for the remainder of the season, which won't be the case, but everybody... Like they, they will not be in a situation, again, where there are so many key injuries. So let them get their games in. And as soon as one or two of them come back, you start going with your your best team no matter what. That's To me, that would that's the game. If they can get a draw on the road to a team who is punching well above their weight, yeah, for a team that's underpowered right now, a scoreless draw is a good result. Well, while we're in Dallas... The sadly no longer named Pizza Hut Park, Aww. and it is it is it's very sad. I loved that. Only Me for too. the I hate sponsors, but Pizza Hut Park's fantastic. It sounds it's like a fun place. Yes, it really does. The stuff where dreams are made of in the crust. Yes. No, no. For I'm... me, it was all a Spaceballs reference. I was just like, ah, Pizza the Hut. Oh, yes. Too. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
That was that was, mm -hmm. and I, I just I feel I feel bereft of uh, pop cultureness now that mm. it is called Toyota Stadium. Mm. It's so boring. It's so boring. Mm. So Toyotas are fine vehicles, reliable. They're no Civic. Civic Stadium. Huh. So yeah. what were some of the rejected sponsor names for the boringly named Toyota Stadium as it transitioned from the hilariously named Pizza Hut Park? Sadly, I started with Spaceballs on DVD presents Pizza the Hut Park, but that got posed. <laughs> so I'll go to one of my other five. <laughs> Since it's in Texas, NRA Field had a nice ring to it, I thought. Mm -hmm. For a more classic name, much like Civic Stadium, J.R. Ewing Memorial Stadium. Oh. <laughs> Did you ever find out who shot that guy? Yeah, I don't um, know, it's a mystery. It was me. Huzzah! Uh, due to their love of Stetsons, I thought White Hat Lane. <laughs> Very nice. Nothing now. <laughs> and to improve uh, attendance in Dallas, which is always an issue, just a flashing light that called the stadium Free Steak. <laughs> Excellent. Duncan? Um, I think uh, I'm going to go a little bit more factual with this. They were going to call it uh, Dr. Pepper Field. Is everything else in Frisco is called Dr. Pepper. They have Dr. Pepper Arena, where the North American Hockey League's Texas Tornado... Carrie Von Eric! Yes. And uh, they also have Dr. Pepper Ballpark, where the Frisco Rough Riders play baseball. Oh, those um, Rough Riders. So, yeah, I, I don't know how Dr. Pepper missed out on this one. Don't they want to be a Pepper too? You would think. Dr. Pepper hates soccer. To mm. goodness! Because... All right, so mine was uh, not anywhere near any of those. Um, I went a little historical and also sort of in-your-face uh, soon-to-be rival team for the MLS. Uh, Alamo Stadium. Screw you, San Antonio. You're not in the MLS yet. We're taking it. And sponsored by Alamo Car Rental? Oh, yeah. Amazing. That, oh, that, that actually could work. And that's pretty good. That would be really fun. That'd be the second time the Alamo was taken from. Exactly. <laughs> And now, a reading from the letter of Nelson to the players. Single-mindedness is a curse upon all those who embrace it. The remedy to this curse is simple. One part generosity, one part acceptance, and one part love. A pitch is not made up of one blade of grass, but of many blades. Or, depending on the location, not one strand of plastic, but many strands of plastic. Just as a club is not made up of one player, but many players standing together as one. In 1999, our Lord and Savior, Jason Christ, not only accepted his responsibilities by carrying his team with 18 goals, but also gave unto others through his undying compassion, sacrifice, and 15 assists. If you open your hearts, and give your love to Jason Christ. You shall become a player deemed most valuable. Praise to you, Lord Jason Christ. And once again, looking back at last week, we are all terrible at this prediction thing. So here's Tony with the Vocal Minority Prediction Liga, the Concubine League. Tony? Thanks, Tony. As usual, as Chris had mentioned, we take a stab at guessing the results every week. Last week, around the table, it was Mark, Kristen, and Duncan all taking wins for TFC, and me with my third moral victory by taking a draw, which is closer to a loss. <laughs> really However, in the table, it is still six points apiece. For Mark, Duncan, and myself, all fighting for the last concubine league spot with Kristen, looking uh, relegation into VMP Liga 2, straight in the face. <laughs> Back to you, Tony. Thanks, Tony. All right, folks, predictions for this week. Let's have them. 3-0, Dallas Burn. 0-0 draw for Toronto. 
Bold. Thinking. Uh, Let's go 1-0 to Dallas. Yeah, I know. Tex Hooper approves. Yes. Standing next to Bob the Clerk. (laughs) Tex Hooper tastes good as a steak. (laughs) Says Bob the Clerk. (laughs) Says Bob the Clerk. (laughs) Mm, Tasty. And I, embracing my optimistic ways of old, am going with a 1-1 score. That's it. 1-1. Oh, I know. The answer we're not looking for is 1-1. Well, gang, it's been fun. And I hope that you are all feeling cleansed of all your TFC sins and are going peacefully and innocently into this Easter weekend looking for not a sacrificial lamb because, well, he's not with us anymore. I know. I've got a resurrection. But as always, before we we go, uh, we like to know what everyone's working on. So, as always, he can be found at Duncan D. Fletcher on the Twitters. Duncan, what are you working on this week? Thank you, Kristen. Uh, I'm actually going to be filming an exclusive new episode of Cribs. Uh, We're going through Chad Barrett's Queen's Key Condo, which is uh, now on the market if you want the ultimate TFC collectible. Uh, you can, you know, it's got all the usual things, there's, you know, the big TV room with all the video games, that sort of thing. There's a memorabilia room from all his many, many triumphs. Uh, you can see the couch, which uh, all the minimum wages would take turns sleeping on. And, <laughs> and of course, the urine-soaked floor by the toilet, because Tracy Mighty just couldn't hit the target. <laughs> I was thinking, desperately thinking of a missed joke. That's the best one, I, I'm not going to top that. How much is it going for? I don't know. He didn't actually tweet that bit. But uh, yeah, two bedrooms, two bathrooms, Queen's Key. Uh, check his Twitter. It's, it's up for sale. Our next podcast will be recorded from Duncan Fletcher's new condo. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. And as always being found on the interwebs at the Yorkies 1812. Mr. Walsh, what are you working on? Well, I'll be spending the next two weeks... Talking to investigators, victims, and terrorized communities affected by Ali Gerba's unexpectedly brutal reaction to the question, what would you do for a Klondike bar? (laughs) (laughs) All right, and as always, found on Twitters at Ignertalk, I-G-N-I-R-T-O-Q. Mr. Mark Hinckley, what are you working on? Uh, Legitimately, this is not even a joke, I'm uh, working on putting in an order for a new batch of jerseys. Now, um... We are going to get a, a specific set for uh, an unveiling in a future date. However, uh, those who may or may not have been interested in getting the Toronto FC Soviet reimagined kit from last season, uh, if you are interested at all in getting that kit, please contact me either on Twitter or find us at the Yorkies website and leave a message and I will get in touch and we'll, uh, we'll hash some things out. 40 bucks for the kit. And it's custom name number, whether you want English or Cyrillic Russian on the back. Uh, otherwise, uh, same old, same old. I'm here, doing stuff, things. What's Working your... on your music? Yeah, no, dubstep is so last week. Um, uh, Kristen, what are you working on? Thanks, Tony. I uh, <laughs> am working on a rumor that Mark Bloom's comments about the pay disparity uh, the other day were really just the tip of the iceberg. And he is uh, like Sally Field, uh, starting up a new players' union. So expect to hear stories of Mark Bloom being picked on in the locker room, guys refusing to pass to him, and uh, Julio Cesar pushing him down in the mud during games. He's a brave man. He is a brave man. But do they like him? Do they really, really like him? Smoking the bandit? Gidget? What are we going here? I don't know. <laughs> yours is good, and yours is good, and then I didn't know where I wanted to wrap it up with. So if you're interested in one of those fantastic Russian retro kits that you may have seen some of us sporting at BMO from time to time. Uh, do check out the Vocal Minority podcast website, vocalminoritypodcast.blogspot.ca. There will be a link to all of the uh, your fashion needs, measurements, stylings, and really, please go with the Cyrillic. It looks so choice. Oh, it does. Okay, everyone, it has been, uh, well, I'm going to say fun. It's been strange. Well, it's been our usual podcast. So it's time for us to all crawl into our caves for three days and be born anew. Well, no, we'll still be the same people because we're still bitter sarcastic and uh, we're not bitchy because bitchy's dead. Until next week, people, (laughs) get used to it.
Fagundes. Colin Samuel sure is a fatty. <laughs> oh, hey. Classic Epic Tony. Tony. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait for you to go away. I'm that ready to go. Oh, my God. <laughs> it now becomes a morning zoo. <laughs> hey, Tony, what do you think? Horse money. Take the job against Duncan. Duncan, how the world's out there? What do you say? What do you say, Maximum Yusinov? I must break you. Oh! Maximum's oh. <laughs> right on point. You're so Metallica. Welcome to Ernie Sue. Hey, we're back! <laughs> Things are backed up on the I 90. Oh no, stay off it. What do you say, Ravish Skanovich? Terrific! <laughs> it's nice! <laughs> <laughs> hey, Nick Souls was here. <laughs> Oh, get that cat out of here! <laughs> and now with the weather, here's Kristen! It's raining Suarez's and dogs out there! So wet. Excuse me. Let's go Savage International Airport. <laughs> Hi, when I'm in Columbus, I like to fly into Randy Savage International Airport. They have the nicest bathrooms in all of upstate Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Live from the I 90, traffic's really backed up. It's a vocal minority podcast. Oh, Did you? Inside the whole Let the horticulturalists figure it out. <laughs> hey, horticulturists, suck my balls. Morning Zoo, back after this. Scott's Tower Builder, I'm not racist. Stereotype. Bad stereotype. Not all Scots like grass. <laughs> and we're back. Terrible advertisement. I go to Colorado. Oh, yeah. We're jamming. <laughs> I'm rapidly getting high. Jamming with you. In studio, we have three of Jermaine Defoe's girlfriends. Ooh. Ladies, show us your tits. Biggest <laughs> ones get a prize. <laughs> oh, too small. <laughs> Number two, what you got? Wow. <laughs> Those are fantastic. Contestant number three, you don't even have to think about Contestant number two wins. Tony, tell her what you won. A motorboat. <laughs> and now with sports, here's Duncan. <laughs> After that, I'm running another. <laughs> and now with Australian political commentary, here's Kristen. <laughs> Nelly. Nelly and the Nelly. I was gonna go with getting hot in here. <laughs> Nelly and the Tims. Dun, 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 dun. I don't know if you can see it all floating over my head, but I have no idea where the hell We're all directing it right at you, too. I got that. <laughs> Say it again, it'll be clear. We'll fill up this 80,000 seat stadium with more John He's the Wayne Gretzky of hockey. Yeah, yeah. Not, he's the Wayne Gretzky of soccer. <laughs> Mo Johnson, the Wayne Gretzky of hockey. <laughs> we're here at the morning zoo! <laughs> hey, dude, were you at the New York Apples game last night? Oh, yeah! Caught myself a fuzzy ball in the mouth. New balls, please. Oh, <laughs> And now with finance, here's Christian. Christian, what's going on in the banks? How's that prime lending looking? Well, it's looking pretty good since the number of TFC players clearly need some more cash. I'm gonna NASDAQ. Oh! Oh my god. Yeah. That's nice. NYSE. Alright, Karen. Uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Did you shut the fuck up? <laughs> she is TSXE. Getting down on you, gentlemen. Uh, those Bloomberg's. <laughs> <laughs> 